Welcome. Here's a question. What's the beginning of the good news of Jesus? I'm Dale Meyer, and I'm glad to welcome you to Get Right for Sunday. Mark chapter one says the beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Now you'd think the beginning is Jesus birth at Bethlehem. I mean, makes sense, right? But no, Mark says the beginning was a strange man in strange clothes out in the desert. John the Baptist. Let's join Pastor Wright and Vicar Leeper as they talk about why John the Baptist is the beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ. We're entering in fully into Advent. This is the second Sunday in Advent. And we're moving, last week we talked about Jesus' triumphal entry, mm -hmm. and we're gonna talk about the beginning Everything starts at the beginning. Right. Now we actually go back to the start, but it's not the start that we're used to, like Dr. Meyer referenced. Right. This is the start of Jesus' ministry. So mm -hmm. it's still the beginning. Uh, we're seeing why he has come in, why he is the incarnate son of God. And we start where it all begins. John the Baptist. I almost said once upon a time. <laughs> John the Baptist. We have him at the River Jordan. He's mm -hmm. baptizing. But we get to hear why he is there. And it is the Old Testament lesson. It is uh, Isaiah 40. And it's simply the idea that he is the voice mm -hmm. of the one crying in the wilderness. And on the onset, I want to kind of make mention of the wilderness aspect. Uh, yeah. So Jesus... Uh, in the triumphal entry, he is coming into Jerusalem. Uh -huh. He is entering into the city. He is bringing himself, God, the gospel, into the holy city. But this actually starts outside. Yes. And this wilderness aspect shows that God comes outside. Mm -hmm. It also shows the gospel is to be spread. It's not supposed to be stuck in one place. It's not supposed to be only in the synagogue, only in the temple, only in worship. It is to be out and the wilderness. And we have to remember the, where John the Baptist is. It's not like it's so far that they can't see Jerusalem or they're not near civilization. They're really outside of the, the city limits, but the city's right there also. Right. And so it's outside. It's in the wilderness. It's not civilized, but that's where we're going to find life the life of Christ coming into the world, coming into the holy city, coming into uh, really everything. See, I kind of like that imagery, uh, this imagery of like wilderness, uh, desert almost, and mm. this being the place that life is beginning anew. I, I really like that imagery. Well, and to push this imagery a little bit further, think of the Garden of Eden. Mm -hmm. That's the true wilderness but it was the wilderness established by God, the wilderness ordered by God, the wilderness that was supported, sustained, and perfect. Now we have the unruly wilderness that Jesus enters into again right. to bring order, to bring life, to bring peace. When I think of the uh, the Israelites wandering in the, the desert in the right. wilderness for 40 years, too, after they you know kind of didn't trust God, 
Uh, they wandered in the desert for 40 days. Jesus similarly goes into the desert for 40 years, sorry. Jesus similarly goes into the desert for 40 days right. where he's tempted by uh, the devil kind of reenacting uh, Israelites, the Israelites' temptation, but coming out victorious. Well, so you got John the Baptist, and uh, we hear the repeat, Behold, I am sending my messenger before your face, who will prepare the way, your way, the voice of the one crying out in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make straight his paths. And then we have the description of John the Baptist. He is this clean, tall, handsome man that just has the charisma to attract everybody. Wait, I don't think that sounds right. According to the text, we see John's appearance of a man who is unruly. Uh, he's wearing camel hair, he has a belt, and he's eating bugs. This is no televangelist. No. This is a strange man with strange clothes out in the desert. And, and what I think is uh, interesting, uh, the, the strange man uh, in the desert, he's doing something different. Mm -hmm. This isn't something that was developed and we had a program, we had some Bible classes to teach about it. All the boards and committees approved Agreed, it. Agreed, yeah. <laughs> it really was something new. Mm -hmm. Now, baptism wasn't a, a foreign concept. Right. But in this fashion, this manner, and especially connected to repentance, as John the Baptist, as the text says, uh, that he was preaching a baptism for the repentance of sin. And this is something different, both from what they're used to and uh, from what Jesus will eventually bring. But this is how the gospel starts with this right. call of repentance. And I think we should spend a little bit of time on that and talk about really what repentance means. So I, I love the term repentance because it's so much bigger than, well, I don't want to say bigger. It's really actually different than forgiveness of sins mm -hmm. because we're actually participating in something. Yeah. To repent means to turn away or turn from. This is a change in attitude. This is a change in presence. This is a change of who and what you are. To repent, first of all, you have to recognize you are in need of forgiveness. Right. You are in need of salvation, and you want to be and do different. If you ever want to come and participate in private absolution, you will confess your sins. And at the end of your confession, you will say, and I repent of this and I want to do better. It doesn't say I will do better. It doesn't say I can do better. I want to. And it recognizes you're in a state of sin as a sinner. Are there things you can do to be better? Absolutely but you won't stop sinning. And so this is a constant state of tension. I want to be better. I want to do better. I want salvation, forgiveness, holiness, and so on and so forth. But it will always compete with my flesh, my corruptedness. Right. And this is why we go to church often. This is why we hope that you're listening to the podcast so that you actually get to rein in sinful desires, sinful actions, thoughts, words, so on and so forth. But that's all part of repentance. Mm -hmm. It's the changing and turning. There are things that we absolutely can stop doing. We will always suffer with, like, the first commandment. Uh, but repenting, recognizing the need for forgiveness, recognizing that you are a sinner, confessing those sins, yeah. and then really 
And this is the the part that I think gets tricky. Trying to do better. (laughs) Because God doesn't look at you and say, oh, you gave it the college try. Everything's good. We're not in the life of just trying. We're going to completely and utterly be dependent upon God's mercy. I think you brought this out really well in your sermon last week um, for the recording of this podcast, at the time of the recording of this podcast, when you talked about hearing the words, good and faithful servant enter. It wasn't because you did so good. It's not because you were so faithful. It was because you trusted in the mercy of the master. Right. And um, that's what repentance is. It puts us in that relationship where do I trust God even though we mess up? And it's not, I'm going to act and get forgiven later. It is, I'm going to act with what I have, with who I am, trusting in his mercy and knowing where salvation is, knowing where true peace is, and then ultimately trusting that I'm actually forgiven. So this is this is huge. This it's is heavy. giant. And so I just want to slow down and kind of summarize uh, kind of some of these statements about yeah. repentance. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So you said first, repentance is turning around, mm-hmm. turning away from our sin. So that means, you know, if I'm if I'm living in sin, if I'm doing something, let's say, you know, I'm uh, habitually stealing from my local grocery store. I'm not. This is not a confession of that particular <laughs> sin. But let's say I am. To repent would be to turn away from that right. and to... Uh, Try to stop doing that. But as you mentioned, it's not just try hard and do your best. It's also this thing where we recognize this is not who I want to be. Right. I don't want to be a guy that takes gum at the register of the schnooks by my house. Mm-hmm. Once again, I understand this is very specific. <laughs> but uh, so repentance is, is turning away from that saying, I, I don't want to do that. That's right. not who I want to be. I want to be who God has redeemed deemed me to be. Mm-hmm. I want to be who God has forgiven me to be and to be who he says we are. Yes. So in this case, John the Baptist is calling upon the Israelite people to be who God has said they are, specifically his people yes. who anticipate the coming of the Messiah. And I, I hear your buzzword, anticipation. Mm-hmm. That, that's my key word for this season. I, I think that's a good word. And I think it, it's really, it's an interesting and fascinating and, and hard word in this text. And the reason I say that is because, well, first of all, we're not starting with the birth of Jesus. No, we're not. And we're guessing, and we have some good information about this, but Jesus is probably around the age of 30. Yes. When this happens. And so... Israel has had the promise of the Messiah. They've waited and waited and waited. The angels told the shepherds, the Magi showed up, uh, he's born. And then we don't hear anything for 30 years, give or take. Yeah. And now we got John the Baptist. And really he's saying, hey guys, let's hurry up and wait. (laughs) The Messiah has come, repent, get ready. Get right. Get ready, get right, absolutely. (laughs) No, he really is, though. He's really telling the Israelites to get right yes. uh, for their Savior. Yes. It's all about preparation. And this getting right is the repentance. This getting right is knowing he has come 
and he is coming to fulfill everything. Uh, the, the Old Testament text, I am sending the messenger before your face who will prepare your way. This is getting the pump prime. This is getting everything ready so that when Jesus enters in, it's not that he's welcome and everybody uh, knows who he is. It is the idea that the creator, the redeemer, the sanctifier, God himself is coming to be with us. We need to get right. We need to prepare. We need right. to understand. And this isn't just an academic thing. This is a spiritual thing. This is even a mystical thing, which, which uh, is fascinating because it's a connection. It's a relationship. And it's so big. And I, again, I think anticipation. We should be excited and bubbling with anticipation for his second coming as we study and prepare through the first coming, the first advent. Right. When I want to talk about John the Baptist's role in proclaiming this anticipation of the emancipation for our salvation, I don't know how many more I can add on to that, <laughs> uh, um, because John the Baptist fulfills a specific role here, a mm -hmm. familiar role, which is the role of prophet. Yeah. Uh, prophets would, uh, especially in the Old Testament, would come and proclaim the word of God to the people, would tell them to repent to turn away and to turn towards their God for salvation. And those prophets would also talk about the anticipation of the coming Messiah, the anticipation of when God would uh, redeem, save, and make everything right. John the Baptist fits this role perfectly because yes. that's what he is. Yeah. He is a prophet. He's the last yeah. Old Testament prophet. And. The, the fun thing, and it's fun for us because we, we see the whole story. Mm -hmm. When the prophet shows up, it's usually not to congratulate you on how good you're doing. No, I don't think I can think of a single instance in the Bible where that did happen. Right. And it's usually to bring in the judgment. Mm -hmm. Repent or die. Um, even Jonah, who is one of the worst prophets, uh, when he tells uh, those in Nineveh, repent, destruction is coming. I think he just mumbles it, but uh, <laughs> through the Holy Spirit, that preaching is effective. Everybody right. repents. And disaster is taken away. It doesn't happen. John the Baptist is doing that very same thing. He is simply saying that he is the one who has come to prepare the way. Get right. Your God is coming in judgment. Mm -hmm. Now, I will add to this. Prophets also do something else. They come proclaiming judgment, but they also always come proclaiming hope. Yes. It is never just dropped. God is coming. Run away. <laughs> uh, it is repent and live. And these things are, are hard. They almost kind of sit in tension because uh, so many of the prophets talk about the, the judgment of God, the wrath of God, because they have not turned away from their sins. But also so many of them offer such sweet promises of gospel that are true and ultimately fulfilled in, in Christ. Um, these, these promises for, for God's people. Well, and, and with that, the, the coming and the promise, and John the Baptist being the fulfillment of the Old Testament, being the prophet to point to the fulfillment of all the prophecies, this is a huge deal. Mm -hmm. because it is the getting right for 
the coming Messiah. Right. It is the getting right to meet your maker. And it's also ushering in, as he says, I have baptized you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. That's a big deal. And it's the ushering in of being a participant in his kingdom, being his body, all the things that uh, we enjoy that was offered with what Jesus connects himself to. Again, baptism, forgiveness of sins, the work on the cross becomes ours through faith. So here's kind of the, the takeaway, the message for us that I think we kind of have is if we want to get right, if we want to get ready, that starts with repentance. Yes. Repentance is the beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And that's what Mark really lays out, is turning away from our sin and turning towards our Savior. Repentance is the beginning of God's great good news for you. Because it means turning away from the ways that we hurt ourselves, the ways that we hurt other people, the ways that we are broken and corrupted, and towards the forgiveness, grace, and salvation of Jesus, this coming anticipated Savior who came to save you and will come again to put everything right. The other Gospels mention the preaching of John the Baptist Mm -hmm. and uh, really summarizing exactly what you said, repent and be baptized the kingdom of God is at hand. And that repentance is recognizing, again, your relationship with God. Are you changing, turning away, understanding salvation is there in my God? Or are you going to stand on your works, your own power, your own strength, and demand a place in heaven? And we know the answer, and we know how that works out, and that is all the more reason to get right for Sunday, to repent, to receive in faith the gifts of salvation, love, mercy, that John the Baptist preaches and Jesus fulfills. This podcast is to do exactly that, to bring an understanding of what we need. We need salvation. We need to repent, and we need to live in the strength of what Christ delivers through the Holy Spirit. I truly hope that this podcast is of benefit to you. And would you please like, subscribe, and share so that others will know about this podcast and others will hear of the great and wondrous work that Christ our Lord has done for you and for them and for the world. Thank you very much for joining us. God's peace. Thanks, Pastor and Vicar. Repentance is the beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ. We hope this has helped you prepare for Sunday and beyond. Services at Holy Cross Lutheran Church are 6 p.m. Saturday evening and 8 and 9.45 Sunday morning. And that eight o'clock service is live streamed on our Facebook page and our website. Do you, do you anticipate the birth of your Savior? then repentance is the beginning of God's good news for you. Feel free to continue today's conversation by contacting Pastor Wright and Vicar Leeper at GetRightForSunday at gmail.com. Thank you, and we hope you'll join us again next week to Get Right for Sunday.